0: there and welcome back to the Rebel Cells podcast for the Bad Batch episode, Rescue on Ryloth. I am one of your hosts, the perfectly mundane and often disappointing Joe Hogan. Finally, I get to to really tell the people the truth. Uh, And joining me today uh, as a wonderful co-host as usual is the Wookiee to my Ewok, the the at at to my snowtrooper, the death star to my TIE fighter, his royal heightness, Mr. Kyle Avery. Kyle, how are you doing today, sir? <laughs> his royal heightness, I like that. <laughs> um, how you doing, come man? On, give, yourself, give yourself a little credit, Joe. I'm I'm the ATAT to your ATST, not your snowtrooper. Okay, okay, yeah, because other okay, you know what? I'm not even going to unpack the, the snowtrooper being inside the ATAT. So, uh, <laughs> yes, the ATST, I like that better. And also the death star makes you just sound really fat when you're just really tall. That's Um, true.
1: That's true. I'm I'm the, I'm the super star destroyer to your star destroyer. We'll go there.
0: Oh, I love it. That's much better. Much better.
1: Uh, Yeah. Illustrious
0: illustrious as always, my friend, you you, you give yourself too little credit. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Well, speaking of disappointment in, uh, in all things, not a lot of Star Wars news this week, right? And no, really, the only news is a disappointment.
1: Yeah, yeah. The old saying, uh, no news is good news <laughs> was not the case this week.
0: Correct, correct. And unfortunately, uh, EA went on record saying that there will be no Star Wars showing at EA Play Live this week, which is something that you and I... And Mike were all kind of speculating that, oh, yeah, well, w- you know, we didn't see any Star Wars at E3. There really hasn't been any Star Wars video game news lately. EA Play Live is coming up at the end of July. We're definitely going to get it. We'll, we'll see something. But, uh, you know, nothing. They specifically went on record saying, hey, don't expect anything now. And really, the, the wording made it kind of sound like next year is the next time we're really going to hear anything about Star Wars. From EA, mm-hmm. at least i may, maybe Ubisoft might have something before then, but um, yeah, a little bummer. Um, yeah, I guess in retrospect, not that surprising considering how light E3 was on the news because I guess COVID really just had that significant of an impact on just everything in the games industry like everybody. Um, so I guess after E3, we really should have. I guess tapered our expectations a little bit more. I mean, I'm sure many of you already did that, but I I guess we hyped each other up a little bit and we were kind of like, Oh yeah, for sure. It'll, we'll definitely see some Star Wars. At least we were hoping that we would, Um, but yeah, no no
1: dice. No, I think, yeah, no, no dice, no respawn, no, uh, any other EA studios. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Well done, sir. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Um, Yeah, I mean, I guess it's not that surprising because, to be fair, like, I wasn't expecting a Star Wars game from EA to release this year. Um, And we know we've got a couple things in the Mm -hmm. works. Like, there's this uh, Star Wars Hunters game that supposedly is coming out later this year that's kind of like a mobile slash Switch title that sounds like it might be some kind of game. Somewhere, like, in the vein of, like, a Fortnite-type, you know, online competitive game um but we haven't heard anything about that since like the announcement that teaser is, trailer um sorry go ahead that is
0: EA right no i don't think that's EA like that is EA EA is publishing that oh really okay i don't i don't know if All they're right, well, publishing happens. it no but say, it's, like they announced that game
1: yeah it's like I don't Zynga know. I don't know or now. something like that um yeah mm, I, I forget who i forget yeah. who it is but um yeah, so and I I so I think that's still supposed to be coming out sometime later this year, but we haven't heard anything about it recently. And then there's Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga, which was supposed to come out this spring and then we heard it was delayed, but we have still we've still never gotten an official release date for that game. Um there was just sort of a, a vague release window right. that again was was pushed back. Hopefully that's still going to come out by the end of this year, but we haven't really heard much about that either. Um but that's at least a couple of Star Wars games that, you know, are kind of on the on the more casual side, but um, that hopefully we'll get by the end of this year. But I was not expecting like Jedi Fallen Order 2 uh, in time for this Christmas or anything like that. Um, but just the fact that it's been a while since we've heard anything about games that EA is working on and we know they've got stuff in development, it right. would have been nice just to get even like an announcement or a, a teaser trailer or something like that.
0: yeah. Um, That's really all I was expecting myself. Just tell us what's coming. Give us some, give us a morsel of something of of what's coming, but uh, yeah, yeah, but whatever they have in the pipe isn't ready for it yet.
1: Yeah. And like you said, they, they did kind of, well, they, they did kind of suggest that uh, next year is when they're going to reveal all that. They said, we look forward to sharing our, our grand vision for the galaxy far, far away or something to that effect. Uh, next year and so and I've heard you know kind of some different takes on this from people and it's kind of like you know best case scenario I think either way we're going to hear something at Celebration next year Um, and the best case scenario could be that Mm. they are working on multiple Star Wars games and that um, we just uh, you know like obviously Jedi Fallen Order 2 I think is a given. Uh, maybe a new Battlefront game and maybe some other kind of new Star Wars game that we aren't aware of yet that they're working on. Um, so we could get multiple games announced next year in addition to, you know, probably some, like maybe some new content for Star Wars The Old Republic um, or like the uh, the Galaxy of Heroes mobile game that, you know, has been pretty successful and that's been around for a while. So we could get a bunch of Star Wars news like that at uh, Celebration next year or worst case scenario could just be that, Really, the only thing they've got going is Jedi Fallen Order 2, and that's just early in development, and they weren't ready to show it off yet. Um, So, yeah, I think either way, like you said, we'll we'll get some stuff next year, probably at Celebration. um, If not, then definitely at E3, like, you know, somewhere between the two of them, but um yeah i'm hoping that we get more than i'm hoping that it's more than just one game that if they're going to make us wait a whole nother year for news that it's at least worth the wait and that we get uh (laughs) at least like two or three games that we can look forward to um but yeah we'll just have to be patient for a whole nother year to see what that gets us
0: yeah it's really hard to gauge kind of what the the landscape is is gonna be um Just because, like, the um, you know, Nintendo has been doing their Nintendo Directs for so long, even though they still participate in E3, they kind of just release news at their own pace. And now, you know, Sony is no longer part of E3 and doing, um, you know, they do their state of plays, EA is doing this thing. It kind of feels like that time of year, E3 is just not as important to the games industry, and here's the big news anymore. And they're just going to show stuff when when they feel like it's time to show stuff. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I, I guess we will have to wait and see how it goes.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, like you said, that was definitely some disappointing news to get. Because after, after nothing Star Wars related at E3 it was like, okay, there, there was nothing at E3 because they're saving it for EA Play Live, right? <laughs> and then, I mean, at least they did us the courtesy of letting us know ahead of time. Like, yes. at least, you know, even as yes. disappointing as the announcement was, if we sat through the whole, like, hour-long presentation of EA Play Live and there was no Star Wars stuff and we were expecting it, mm-hmm. that probably would have been even more disappointing. So, um, at and, least they gave us a heads up.
0: Sony is also really good about that stuff. Like, I think the last state of play was uh, that Deathloop game. And before anything was shown, like before the state of play, they were like, listen, there's not going to be God of War. There's not going to be any Horizon uh, new, what new? What, what is it? New something? I can't think of it. I can't think of the sequel uh, even though I want to play that game. But like they, they are specifically, you know, going on record saying, hey, here's what we're focusing on. Don't get your hopes up. Like this isn't a, a, a big blowout, you know, exhibition of everything that's coming. We're just focusing on these games and some indie games. And I, I appreciate the transparency because I feel like every Nintendo Direct or State of Play before recently, people just like their expectations are through the roof, which I mean I'm guilty of too. Every time I know, like I remember every single Nintendo Direct I've watched on the edge of my seat hoping that we're gonna get more Zelda stuff, knowing full well we will probably not, and then I'm disappointed even though I should have known and did know that we weren't going to get it, it's still disappointing anyway. Um, I I appreciate the transparency that, uh, you know, these companies are are kind of trying to taper expectations a little bit. Uh, But, you know, like we said, sad news. Um, But for the most part, we'll live, we'll, you know, it's been a crazy year and change, year and a half. So uh, it's totally understandable. And it's also uh, pretty much... Across the entire you know entertainment board, right like it's been movies, it's been TV shows, a lot of these things have been uh, either delayed or, or whatever. Um, and not everything. and I feel like the Star Wars schedule has been pretty uh, pretty good, honestly. yeah like production has moved forward pretty well on stuff so but you know for the most part, the entertainment industry has been hit pretty pretty hard and, and slowed things down. But uh, yeah, definitely. yeah, so like you said, no, no news is not always good news, but, you know, we'll live. There are worse things to worry about in the world. <laughs> yeah, so, definitely. Um, but all right. Well, with that said, what do you say we hop into the episode recap? Because there is a lot to talk about on this episode. What do you say? That there is. Let's get to it.
1: What else you got? Give me more!
0: Drives online. Crosshair, take the towers. How many are there?
1: Five of them.
0: That's Clone Force 99. This is Wrecker, Hunter, Echo, Tech, and Crosshair. My name's Amiga. The Clone Wars have ended. You can either adapt and survive, or die with the past. Now. It's time for the Rebel Cells. Good soldiers follow orders. Episode recap. All right. It is time to recap. Rescue on Ryloth. This is the 12th episode? 13th episode? I really should have fact-checked that before. Uh, 12th, yeah. I feel like we're at 13? 12th. Okay, good. All right. Episode 12. Oh, my God. Four episodes after this. This is
1: horrifying Mm
0: -hmm. and and exciting because it's everything is really starting to ramp up and I don't know this is where the fun begins okay so that's it yes it is you said the thing Kyle you said the (laughs) thing so this episode was directed by Nathaniel Villanueva and was written by Jennifer Corbett 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 yeah I think just Corbett I don't know Uh, one of the two one of the okay, Corbett Jennifer Corbett is the writer for this episode. Uh, so I'm just gonna jump right into it. Uh, on Ryloth, Admiral Rampart comes to visit the Syndulas in their cell. He demands to know the location of their daughter Hera, but Cham and Eleni Eleni, Eleni? Eleni? Eleni. I think
1: it's Eleni
0: Eleni. Okay, Hera's mom refuses to cooperate. <laughs> I've seen how you treat your allies, 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 (laughs) and now I can't remember her name. Alaney? What is it? Alaney? Kyle, what what did you say it was? What was the pronunciation? uh, Alaney? Or just Hera's mom, as you said? Okay, Hera's mom. Uh, I've seen how you treat your allies, Hera's mom says. (laughs) I prefer to be your enemy. Rampart speaks with Captain Hauser, demanding all of Cham's sympathizers be found and arrested. Hauser gently protests, and Rampart doubles down, claiming Sindula's forces attacked their transport and shot Senator Ta. He then informs Hauser that another squad will handle the search for Hera. So, right out of the gate, we see some conspiracy-level imperial cover-up stuff going on, which. Uh, wasn't really a big surprise. They kind of capped off the last episode, making it seem like they uh, were going to be framed for the attempted assassination of uh, Ornfritha. And uh, you know, it it sounds like he's going to make a recovery. I don't know if it's a full recovery, but they're making it sound like he's still uh, alive, which is interesting uh, considering a headshot uh, from Crosshair to the head. You would think wouldn't be something you just walk off. Um, But yeah, and then everybody's favorite new uh, heartthrob Hauser, trying to talk some sense (laughs) into Rampart, trying to be, you know, and and I, you know, I, I love the fact that he is really questioning these orders because up until this point, or at least up until last week, um, we just kind of figured all of the regs were just going to obey orders. You know, it was, I, I don't know if you guys touched on this, that Rex had said, um, you know, it's rare that uh, clones were able to resist the Order 66 programming. But I am really intrigued, especially, you know, I'm not going to get ahead of ourselves uh, too much. But, you know, with the way the episode ends, like, what's going on? How, what is it exactly that is making these uh, at least Hauser for now, at this point in the episode, he's questioning these orders and he's really thinking about what he's doing instead of just good soldiers follow orders, which they have established in this series to really be a, um, you know, kind of a free will stealing uh, programming. So it's cool and intriguing. And I'm, I'm hoping that the answer, I believe that the answer will, will, uh, you know, we'll get an answer as to why this is uh, before, hopefully before the season's over and I hope it's satisfying. Um, But it's interesting. I don't know. What do you think Kyle about, about that?
1: Yeah, I think, um, well, yeah, like you said, we'll, we'll have a lot more to go into that, go into with that uh, throughout the episode. But um, I thought it was really cool to see it. It it was nice to see that the clones still have some individuality, um, at least some of them. And, Uh, I mean, Mike and I did kind of touch on that a little bit last week in terms of talking about like um, whether we were going to see some defiance from Hauser and what that was going to mean going forward. I mean, I really think this is going to be a catalyst for the Empire to start moving away from clones um, and maybe seeing that this programming is not not as effective as they thought it was. And I don't know if maybe the effects of the chips start wearing off like after order 66, or if, um, I mean, you know, all we really know, or at least from clone wars, what we thought we knew about the chip was just that it made them obey the order to turn on the Jedi. Um, and so the fact that seemingly there was no Jedi on Ryloth, I mean, I, it, it certainly doesn't seem like Cham has like seen Hauser gun down a Jedi. Um, you know, Hauser seems pretty much unchanged and like, he's willing to go along with the empire until they start, you know turning on their allies and it's like I think if there was a Jedi there that chip would have gone off and he would have killed them but um just you know maybe that chip doesn't control every aspect of of their brain and their personality the way we thought it did so definitely something that's uh going to be interesting to explore more um as we get towards the end of the season and and see the repercussions of this um also as you mentioned uh yeah I thought it was weird too that Orrfey survived that cuz like that was a sniper bolt right to the temple. <laughs> right? um, and I even, I mentioned that to Mike at the end of the last episode, I was like, it kind of bugged me because I just assumed he was dead. And then Rampart says you're under arrest for the attempted assassination of Wormfrey Ta. And I'm yeah. like, well, if you're going to frame, I'm like, if you're going to frame him and say that Cham attempted the assassination, then you're going to have to explain who actually assassinated him. Cause the dude's dead. And then in this episode, it's right. like, Oh, apparently he's not like, I don't know what's going on. So, um, yeah, that was, that was interesting. And it's like, I mean, we've yeah. seen, I don't, I don't know if they were just trying to avoid making it too dark by like having him point blank get assassinated. Cause like, I mean, we've seen civilians get roasted on this show, so it's not like they need to shy away from, you know, yeah. having, having political assassinations, but I don't, maybe Orn Free Todd's still going to have some part to play later in the story, or I don't know if there's like some canon books or something where he's still alive. Like, I, I can't think of why they would need to keep him around, but that I- was...
0: An I think he's wrinkle. in, I think he's in Lords of the Sith, if I remember correctly.
1: Oh, okay. And that I'm would take place sure he's after this, right? Because yeah. at that point, Cham is like, like openly fighting the Empire. Later. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. it's that I think that's after? around the
0: time like Rebels, st- I think it's around the time Rebels started, maybe a little bit before, I don't know. Oh, okay. I, I read it when it came out, I really don't remember. It yeah,
1: though. yeah, same here. I've read it, but it's been a while. I just remember it's in between. Maybe he'll three come back four, like. I forget exactly where.
0: Yes, yes. Uh, maybe he'll come back like Admiral Trench, like half cyborg. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, but yeah, okay. So, uh, do you want to take it away? The uh, next next section.
1: Yeah. Um, all right. Meanwhile, Hera spies on Imperials and learns that Crosshair and the Elite Squad are looking for her. She tells Chopper they need to send a transmission. The Bad Batch receives a message from Hera asking for help, though Hunter isn't eager to return. Omega presses him and they head back to Ryloth. Hera meets them upon their landing and asks that they free her parents. Let's see what they're up against first, Hunter says, not promising to help. And I like um, there was a couple of moments in this episode where um, Omega kind of like holds a mirror up for Hunter, um, Mm. you know, with like because you know, like it's a, it's a tough mission. It's, um, you know, kind of tough odds that they're up against on this Imperial occupied planet and going to rescue these people that are being held in the capital. But, um, you know, with Hera really just being desperate to, uh, to get her family back and being willing to do anything to save them. And Omega's, you know, Hunter's like reluctant and doesn't want to do it. And Omega's like, if it were me in this situation, I would do the same thing for you. And, you know, Hunter's like, oh shoot. And, you know, has a couple moments like that where he kind of has to you know, reflect and it's like, (laughs) this is some kid. I don't know, but like, if this was Omega in this situation, how would that change my perspective on it? So that was cool to see.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. I mean, I got nothing to add to that. If, uh, if I should keep going, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Go for it. Cool. Uh, Rampart addresses the Ryloth people at the Capitol claiming that Cham and his followers were behind the assassination attempt. Uh, the Bad Batch watch from a distance and also learn that Crosshair is on the planet. But suddenly, Hunter hears something. A probe droid. Though he destroys it, Hunter believes the Empire and Crosshair will know they're here. The Bad Batch returns to their ship. With increased Imperial security chatter, Hunter thinks it's too dangerous to proceed with the mission. A, dejective, a, de- a dejected Hera storms off. She's trying to save her family, Hunter, Omega says. I'd do the same for you. So yeah, so there's that moment you were talking about where oh yeah Omega that's where it was ki- kind of keeps them in check, uh, especially Hunter since obviously he's he's kind of the one that obviously is always uh, calling the shots. Um, but yeah, I mean i I love this setup of you know Crosshair is here. I mean you know Crosshair has run into the Bad Batch a few times now, um, but it's I don't know what it is. I just I love the fact that he. Well, okay, you know what? I'm not. I'm gonna save that for later too, because uh, I don't. I don't want to jump too far ahead. Uh, I love that crosshair is here, um, and for what it means as a uh, antagonist for the Bad Batch. Um, I'm so happy. Can I just say that the Bad Batch is actually in this episode of the Bad Batch this week? <laughs> um, last week was great, but like. And I knew that last week was set up for this week. Like I was like, there's no way there's going to be two episodes in a row like this. Um, But this is cool. Like, I really like this. I like that they're involved with helping Hera. I think it's so awesome. The relationship that's starting to like kind of cultivate between young Hera and Omega. Like, I think that's so cool. I'm so excited for that. Um, And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, Yeah, this is this is mostly set up for the episode, but uh, really cool stuff. And I love Crosshair. I love that Crosshair. I I think my favorite episodes are when Crosshair is uh, the obstacle for the Bad Batch.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, I like seeing that. And I also like and obviously we we get both of these aspects in this episode, but I also like just seeing Crosshair kind of on his own with the Empire. And seeing, you know, we sure. see what the bad batch are up to, off doing their thing, and then it's like, okay, let's check check in on Crosshair, see how he's doing, see, and through him we see just sort of the development of the empire and and how they're sort of progressing in their militarization of the galaxy and and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, I, I like anytime we get to check on check in on him because you know we go stretches you know it seems like we go a few episodes without crosshair and we're like oh what's that guy up to and then when he shows back up again it's always you know something really cool so
0: yeah i like his new haircut too that is just a shaved head it just it looks a lot better than the weird like (laughs) high bowl cut that he used to have he looks really good with like the scarred face and the buzz cut
1: yeah with like the the scar that he's got kind of like on the back of his head um, it's funny cause I, I kind of yeah. thought that, um, after he got burned by that engine, I was almost expecting him to have, um, I don't know, like even some, some cybernetics or like some more severe scarring on his face or something, but like his face pretty much looks the same, but you can see he's got a pretty nasty scar, like on the side of his head, um, that almost looks like something like on Vader's head. So, um, yeah, it would make sense that like that obviously is not going to look great with the rest of his haircut. And he's just like, yeah, just chop it all off. So.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure.
1: Um, All right. I'll take the next part here Um, at the Capitol. Hauser tells Rampart that if they continue rounding up peaceful citizens, they'll incite an uprising. This doesn't bother the Imperial Crosshair reports to Rampart, noting that the bad batch are on Ryloth. Rampart cares not. He orders Crosshair to stay on task and find Hera. Omega, meanwhile, catches up with Hera, promising that Hunter will come around. She suggests that they come up with a plan and convince him. Um, And this was, again, just cool seeing, um, you know, Rampart and Crosshair and Hauser all interact together. Um, And actually, I forget if this was the part, because I know these recaps don't always cover everything, but there was one really cool scene where... um, you know, uh, Rampart seemed to kind of be pitting like Hauser and Crosshair against each other, you know? And like, I think it was like Crosshair's looking for Hera and, uh, you know, Rampart is like, if you can't find her, I'll replace you with somebody who can. And he's kind of, you know, like looking at Hauser, um, and, you know, kind of pitting the two of them against each other. And again, maybe making both of them realize that they're expendable and that they're sort of just tools for the empire and that they don't really care about them. Um, but also, yeah, I mean, this is cool to see. Like, we all think that, you know, with the the chips going off and activating Order 66 and stuff that, like, the clones are sort of the bad guys now. But even for the clones who we've seen gun down Jedi or that we've seen go along with the Empire and do sort of these, uh, you know, straight up evil or at least morally questionable things, I think the we keep seeing the Empire one up that. You know, it's like, we see the stuff that Crosshair is willing to do. We see the stuff that the other clones are willing to do. And then like Rampart and his stormtroopers come in and do stuff that the clones are like, wait, hang on a second. Um, And I think, again, that's illustrated really well with Hauser here where he's, I mean, and obviously he's been a more like sort of sympathetic, you know, one of the most sympathetic clones we've seen in this show up to this point. But um, I mean, he's still been loyally following the empire. He didn't have a problem when the empire took over, but when they start rounding up citizens, um and you know just arresting people that they think might be associated with champs and doula. he's like hey this might not be the best way to go about things and Ramparts like i don't care this is what we're doing um mm-hmm. and so again just kind of showing that um kind of from an audience standpoint as far as the characters that we care about i think it's g- starting to show um you know that the clones might kind of come to a realization that like the empire is more evil than they realized or that maybe they they don't want to play along with this Um, but also, you know, from the Imperial perspective, it's like, again, I think we're moving towards them more and more trying to edge these guys out saying like, Hey, it's more efficient to, uh, you know, like if these guys are going to start questioning orders, like let's get some, some loyal people that are just totally on board with this and not going to question orders, not because we make them, but because they believe in what we're doing here. So, um, it's just cool to, to continue to see that progression.
0: Oh, and we're gonna get more of it by the end of this episode too so there's there's oh, only yeah. more questions as we go um, which is really cool. I mean my so obviously, like we said there there's more stuff that's gonna come up later in this episode and hopefully in the season. um the thing I'm really curious about is how maybe um. Hauser, you know, when Order 66 actually went through, how involved in that was Hauser? Was Hauser always this kind of, like, I don't want to say flip-floppy, because he really is following orders until he gets to this point where, at this point, now he's like, I don't know if I agree with this. Um, I'm really curious if this was like, maybe his programming is starting to wear off, or if this is Mm -hmm. the first morally ambiguous thing he's had to do since Order 66 went through and the Republic became the Empire. I really want to know more about his backstory and what he's been doing for the last, I don't know, what, three, four months, however long it's been since Order 66 happened at this point. Um, because even from the beginning, I feel like, well, the beginning was really just the last episode, but, you know, since we were first introduced to him, he kind of had like a softer demeanor. And he was, he was just like, oh, Cham, you know, I'm not going to report anything, but like, I feel like any other clone trooper that we've seen up until this point would have just been like, nope, by the book, here it is. So how much of it is, you know, Hauser's free will was never tampered with because he was able to resist whatever programming, or maybe the programming just didn't affect him uh, versus how much of it is, you know, uh, it wore off. Or he, you know, never had it or uh, I don't know. Like, I'm just I'm I'm really confused right now. I have a lot of questions. And the end of this episode doesn't help (laughs) like with answering those questions. Okay, I'm going to shut up and and we'll get to it. So I guess I'll I'll (laughs) I'll move on. Um, How's it? Well, like I said, Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, I was
1: just going to say, I, I again, I think it's pretty safe to assume, and, and Mike and I kind of speculated about this last week, but I I don't think there was a Jedi on Ryloth when Order 66 went down. And so okay. maybe the chips had a little bit different of an impact, or maybe a less severe impact on clones who weren't around a Jedi. Because, like, again, if, if Order 60, if Palpatine says execute Order 66 and there's no Jedi around, what are you going to do?
0: Um, Right, but uh, when when Wrecker finally had his like his uh, you know his programming finally activated, he was going against the Bad Batch because they were in violation of Order sixty six because they weren't following whatever Imperial regulations and oh you're you're, True. you're committing treason. It was treason to Wrecker. It didn't yeah. matter that it was Jedi. It was treason. But part of the imperial.
1: treason. But part of part of the treason was that they helped a Jedi escape in the first episode.
0: But was and that so, what he was? Is that what he was describing as treason? I think it it could
1: be, especially. I'd have to go back and, and watch it again. But if he said yeah. you're in violation of Order sixty six, I think that could have been part of it. But it also could have just been the fact that you know they were they had already been established as like fugitives and enemies of right. the Empire. Right. Whereas, you know, Cham Syndulla and Ornfri Ta and like regular Republic citizens, like the clones aren't going to have an issue with those guys. So yeah, like, you know, Order, still Order, yeah, Order 66 wouldn't have made Hauser like he would have had no reason to turn on Cham. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think it could be one of two things. I, could, I think it could be, again, that just maybe it didn't have as severe an impact on him because there was no Jedi around. Or like you said, it also could be that maybe it's wearing off a little bit. Um, or uh, maybe also the fact that just, he has a a close friendship and trust with Cham, um, is kind of making it harder for him to follow those orders than it would be for somebody else. Um, sort of like with Rex and Ahsoka, I mean, you know, Order 66 specifically was programmed to make the clones kill Jedi and Rex still hesitated to kill Ahsoka. So, Mm -hmm. um, and And, like you said, uh y- you know, even back at the beginning, like the fact that Rex mentions that it's rare for a clone to resist the programming, but not impossible, so maybe you know this is not a one- time thing here.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that the internet has embraced Hauser as like the new internet's boyfriend. It's so funny to me. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's <so>
1: <laughs> like seven seasons of Clone Wars and now we get one clone in, in the Bad Batch and everybody's yeah. like losing
0: their mind. Hunk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really my favorite
1: was, uh, you know, everybody's been calling him Captain Wowser.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. Oh, my. All right. So speaking of Hauser. Uh, Hauser visits the Sundulas in secret. He tells them he's trying to protect Hera, but the Sundulas have lost faith in their old friend. We trusted you, Hauser, Jam says. I won't make that mistake again. Finally, Hera and Omega present their plan. They won't attack the capital, but instead the Imperial Refinery, diverting reinforcements. There are five auto cannons at the refinery, but Chopper can slip inside and disable them. Hunter agrees to go along with it. Uh, so you know, not a lot here. Uh, more setup. Sad to see Hauser really, really trying to uh, help out, but you know, obviously because of the way things have gone down, uh, Cham and Hera's mom <laughs> do not <laughs> really trust him uh, with good reason because of the the Empire and Rampart and you know just the way everything has been playing out. Um, and then uh, moving on to Hera. Uh, they got a plan and, uh, Hunter's finally on board, you know, I'm, I'm sure it was Omega that really did kind of warm him up to the idea of helping, but the fact that they kind of went to him with a pretty solid plan, uh, I'm sure that helped a lot too.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I think that's, that's realistic, right? Like, I I know kids who have done that, like, you know, you ask your parents for something, and they say no, but you go to them with like, you know, here's what I want. Here's how much it costs. Here's what I'm willing to do to work for it. Here's all the reasons why I think this is a good idea. And the parents are like, Oh, okay, fine. (laughs) All right, Uh, fine, you little scamp. Yeah. But, I mean, it was pretty clever. I mean, A, with the fact that even though she's just a kid, like Hera obviously knows Ryloth a lot better than any of the Bad Batch. Mm. Um, and so to to put her expertise and just her knowledge of her home planet to use and then to come up with a plan ahead of time. And so rather than saying, hey, can we please do this? Can you know, Can you please come up with a plan for us? Like we just, you know, we want you to do this for us. Instead of doing that, they're like, hey, we came up with the plan. Let us lay it out for you. Explain how this is going to work. And then we just need your help with it. And then they're like oh shoot okay i guess we can do that so
0: it is a very kid thing right <laughs> it's like yeah. yeah i'm going to figure out every angle to get this thing that i want and i'm going to present it in the way that is uh going to be the most convincing it's funny you point that i didn't even put that together but you're absolutely right i feel like i've been that kid at some point i feel like we've all been yeah. that kid I, yeah i think point. we all have been at some point which is you know it <laughs> just
1: makes it a, a feel realistic
0: hmm But yeah, perfect. Uh, Yeah. So if you want to uh, keep us moving along. Yeah,
1: yeah, I'll keep going here. Um, Hera and Omega arrive at the refinery. Chopper makes his way to the terminal, but cannot access the cannons. Clone troopers quickly spot him and take the droid away. Omega decides they'll improvise and take the console offline with one of the Imperial shuttles. You said you wanted to be a pilot, right? Omega asks Hera. After a less than graceful takeoff, Hera quickly gets a feel for the craft. Chopper seizes the opportunity to zap his clone escort and Hera takes out the control center. Chopper then flies up into the shuttle's cargo bay and Omega gives the all clear to the Bad Batch. Flying the Marauder, Tech and Wrecker blast the powerless cannons. And um, man, I'll tell you what, Tech did not have to go this hard uh, in this (laughs) flying sequence here. I mean, they took down the auto turrets and yet Tech still flies in like, you know, it's Fast and the Furious or something. And he's like pulling you know, like, uh, drifting turns.
0: I um, loved that because that felt like yeah. Star Wars squadrons, right? <laughs> like, Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, That's awesome. True.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was, it was really cool. I was just like, man, like they're, they're just showing off with the animation here. Like, you know, he could have flown in slowly and just picked them off one at a time because they had just disabled them. But, um, yeah, it was a really fun sequence. It was fun seeing, you know, choppers zapping troopers, just like, you know, we've seen him do all of rebels. um, I saw a couple memes about this where it was like, you know, when Hera blasts the console, and it was like, "Oh, baby's first war crime!" Um, <laughs> <laughs> after yeah, I all love the, that. <laughs> yeah, after all the imperial bases and
0: stuff that we see them sabotaging rebels. Yeah, I love that the internet considers Chopper like a uh, like a war criminal. That is so yeah. funny to me. <laughs> That's so I funny. mean, the Empire does.
1: Right. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> And I'm sure Chopper would wear that as a badge of honor, he doesn't care. Yeah, he's he's into it. He's into it.
0: Uh all right. So, yeah,
1: I mean that was that was a just really fun, really cool action sequence. Um again, just just showing off with the animation with the ship flying in and everything, but um yeah, yeah it was just a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, that was the kind of scene that, you know, I I wish I had like a Hasbro Marauder to like reenact this as a as a 10-year-old in my oh, yeah, year definitely. Old, with all my with all the stormtrooper figures on the ground and then having the ship come in and do something like that. Yeah.
1: Oh man, I absolutely would have done that as a kid. Like especially <laughs> if they had one that had like, you know, something that could like shoot missiles out of the back of it or something, I'd like line up some stormtroopers and try to like make that
0: turn and and take them all out. Absolutely, sir. I love it. Yeah, I love that every well, mostly every episode of the show really makes me wish I was a kid again playing with figures. Oh, definitely, man. Just the, like, even
1: since clone wars, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that I, you know, got to grow up loving the star Wars stuff I did as a kid and then get to continue loving this as an adult. But just with the amount of content that we've got now, like, cause I was introduced to the original trilogy as a kid and then watched all the prequel movies as they came out. Um, but like you know, I, I can't imagine just the excitement if I had been like a kid growing up with Clone Wars and Rebels and Mandalorian and all that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so okay, I'll I'll, uh, I'll I'll keep us moving here. Um, As the alarms sound, an angry Rampart tells Hauser to stay and guard the capital while he handles the attack. Meanwhile, Hunter and Echo free the Syndulas, Gobi Glee, and the others, revealing that it was Hera who hired them. As the elite squad go to the refinery, Crosshair stops them. That's not their target, he says. Hauser <laughs> watches from the shadows. Acting on Crosshair's instinct, a small battalion waits outside the capital. Crosshair meanwhile sits perched at a high vantage point, sniper rifle in hand. And th- this was one of the moments where I was just like, "Oh, Crosshair is such a good antagonist for the bad guys mm-hmm. because, you know, Obviously, if it were anyone else, they probably would have fallen for the trap. But nope, Crosshair is uh, still around. He knows all their tricks, as as we've seen many times before. Uh, he's always going to be maybe not a step ahead of them, but he's at least going to keep up with them. Um, yeah, which yeah, because he
1: thinks he he thinks like they do, right? And uh, you know, he's he's just looking at all the chaos over at the refinery and going like, "What purpose would they have?" blowing up an Imperial refinery. And then he looks back at the capital and thinks about, you know, Cham and everybody locked up in there. And he's like, oh no, this is what they're after. Oh, and he sees all the, he's, I think he specifically says, he's like, what could they be after? And then he looks and sees all the shuttles taking off. Mm-hmm. And he's like, that's what they're after there is getting we the capital unprotected. So yeah, that was a, just a really cool moment.
0: Um, wait, where are we at? Oh, sorry. Yeah. You cut out for a second. I wasn't sure if you were done talking or not. So. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. No, I was, um, yeah. I mean, cause this, this leads right into the next part. This is also, I mean, this is great like tension building. Cause at this point, you know, when you see, um, Hauser noticing Crosshair and his guy standing outside, you know, he's going to intervene somehow. And at this point you're just wondering like who's making it out of the episode alive. Like what kind of drama is about to go down between the clones here? Um, So, yeah, this is is building on some really cool tension and stuff leading into the end of the episode. Yeah, take it away. But All right, yeah. So then next, uh, Hunter and Echo lead the prisoners to the blast doors, but Hauser stops them. You're walking into a trap, he tells the group. The clone trooper says he's on their side. The Syndulas, Gobi, and the others will leave on the Senator's shuttle from a secret hangar above. Cham promises to return and continue the fight, but Hauser will not abandon his squad. When the Capitol's blast doors finally open, only Hauser emerges. He addresses his brothers: "We're now being ordered to target the very people we swore to protect, and I will not be a part of it any longer." He says, throwing down his weapon. "Who will stand with me?" One by one, the clones drop their blasters. Cross-how- Crosshair, however, orders them all arrested. Um, and yeah, I mean, this was so cool. I mean, and it's this was kind of a, a good continuation of the setup earlier in the episode where. Um, He goes to uh, to Cham and Elaney while they're in prison and is like, hey, I'm on your side. And like they don't trust him. And um, so then here in this moment, like that kind of comes up again. And like now they're in a situation where they have to trust him with their lives, because if he's if what he's telling them is true, then, you know, they're walking into a trap. They're all going to get killed or arrested. Um, But they think he could also be like stopping them from trying to escape. Um, But, you know, this time they come around, they decide to finally trust him. Um, and so, you know, they're able to escape on the shuttle and then he goes out and gives his speech to the rest of the clones. And again, I'm like, man, is, is he gonna, like, I was glad he survived this episode because I was kind of surprised Crosshair didn't just shoot him. Um, and I was glad that the rest of the clones didn't just gun him down. That would have been really sad. And it was actually cool to see that some of the clones did throw down their weapons and join him, but it was only about half of that squad. And then the rest of the squad that still had their weapons just rounded him up and arrested him. Um, but it was really cool to see. I mean, again, we've you know, we just over the past couple episodes come to really like Hauser. Um, but it was nice to see that he's not the only one that is capable of sort of going against this programming and realizing that um, maybe what the Empire promised them or, or told them that they were fighting for or, or that they stood for um, is not all that it appeared. Um, and that, you know, they have their own... Um, Sort of their own conscience and their own morals still that they're not just being completely programmed and that they're willing to, to fight against this um so yeah really interesting to see where this is going to go in the next few episodes and like i said i really have a feeling that this specific moment is going to have some repercussions where this is just going to be fuel for rampart and the empire to um continue to phase out the clones and bring in stormtroopers and bring in loyal conscripts that are going to just go with the program and not question these orders rather than relying on these ships and this programming that is obviously uh, not working as well as they thought it would.
0: Yeah, what is going on with these clones, right? Like, this this is the moment that really had me, like, the regs can really, like, think for themselves and stop, like, what they're doing. They can go against the orders. Like, what? what is this? What's happening right now? Uh, it I I also think it, it like lends a lot of uh, possibility to Cohen's theory that we're gonna get that battle of Camino, that maybe oh, there yeah. really are gonna be clones rebelling against the Empire. There was a decent amount of clones that that didn't follow orders in this episode. It was it was really surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm with you. I was positive that Crosshair was gonna kill Hauser. I'm still not convinced. That he isn't going to, but it sounds like he's going after Bad Batch ne- next episode. So I don't think we're I think we're done with Ryloth for now. Um, but yeah, I, I don't. I I feel like I sel- seldom watch this show with... Like, end up watching an episode with more questions than I had going into it from the previous hmm. episode. This episode made me feel like, what is going on? I need to know what's going on with with the, the clone programming? Like what, what is the deal here? What's how, how is this happening? Why is this happening? Because you know, it's, it's not that it's like a plot hole or anything, but it's just so inconsistent with how we've been seeing the behavior of clones since the beginning of the show. Right. Like, yeah, it's been all business, all good soldiers, follow orders. All the regs have been jerks other than Rex and Rex, we know had his chip removed. Um, So this really is a what the heck is happening kind of kind of scenario right now. Yeah, and I
1: mean, like I said, I think part of it is just that, like we've seen the clones turn on the Jedi, and we've seen when the Bad Batch see, you know, like first they they saved a Jedi or at least Hunter did, and then when they see what's going on with the Empire and just decide, hey, we don't want to be any part of this, and they leave, they become fugitives and traitors to the Empire. So, like when when Wrecker's ship goes off he recognizes them as enemies. But for, you know, for somebody like Hauser, like, Cham is not an enemy. Like, he's done nothing wrong to the Empire. And when the Empire starts doing questionable things or starts doing harmful things to these people and their planets and stuff, and... Um, you know, these people that are sort of pushing back, you know, might be rebelling against the Empire, but they're just doing it to, to protect their own lives. And like when Hunter says uh, – or when, when Hauser says we're being ordered to target the very people we swore to protect, he's realizing like we're not protecting these people. Like the Empire is oppressing them and, and you know, this isn't what we signed on for. So, um, yeah, it's just – I mean, I, I love just seeing the um, – Seeing that kind of divergence because like you said, it it does kind of go against what we were first presented with as sort of like what the the clones were at the beginning of this show, but it is more in line with um, where we saw them in Clone Wars and it's nice to see like, oh, these are still the same guys like the Mm -hmm. chips didn't turn them into droids. Um I think really that the chips, I, th- I mean, and, and maybe we'll find out more about this as, as we keep going, but I think maybe the chips really were there just to make sure that they followed the order to kill the Jedi. Mm. um, And we already know, like, you know, for example, from, from episode two, long before we ever knew about the chips and all that stuff from clone wars, like they say that the clones are completely loyal to the Republic and they'll take any right. order without question, but like their right. loyalty is to the Republic first. And, so for me, like, even just as a kid and, and you know, growing up in my teens and whatever with Revenge of the Sith, like, I always thought Order 66 made sense. Like, with, without the explanation of the chips and everything, I was like, these guys who are, uh, you know, engineered to be loyal to the Republic, like, their ultimate loyalty is to Palpatine, not the Jedi. When Palpatine says the Republic is in danger, the Jedi are traitors, and they've tried to kill me, and they're trying to overthrow the Republic— the clones with their ultimate loyalty to the Republic are not going to question the order to turn on the Jedi thinking that it's to protect the Republic. Um, But now that we're seeing that like that danger has passed. And again, now that they're being ordered to turn on people who pose no threat to the Republic and people that they were supposed to protect um, that they're just like, hang on, something's off here. But again, now with the chips, even it's like maybe those chips were just there to make sure that they went along with that order, that their individuality didn't interfere, that they weren't going to, you know, sort of grow a conscience and decide not to go along with it. Palpatine's like, no, I need the Jedi out of the way. So this is like an extra safeguard in there to make sure that the Jedi are eradicated. And now that that's happened, the, you know, it's kind of like, okay, now what? And the clones are kind of just going along with the empire, um, because that's all that they've got right like they're just kind of going along with the program um and and now just sort of starting to question it as time goes on so that's sort of my interpretation of it um i mean we could find out that you know maybe maybe hauser does just have a faulty chip or something but again the fact that there's a good handful of clones that um listen to him and are are willing to go along and throw their weapons down seems to suggest that there's more clones out there and i think we're going to see more and more of this um and again, that this is going to be a big reason why the Empire turns to stormtroopers, and that we might see, uh, you know, a big con- a big conflict between clones and stormtroopers at some point. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you said, still a lot of unanswered questions, and uh, you know, lots of interesting stuff to see for the rest of the season. But I just thought this was really great. I love this scene here, um, and just uh, you know, a great moment for Hauser and the clones.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I think out of everything in the show and I love the show, I love the characters in, in the bad batch itself. I love all the, the supporting characters. I love all the enemies, but like this question from this episode is the thread that I'm like the most invested in now. Cause this is like, so like such a big, a bigger thing than, you know, we, we, I guess realized or, or I don't know. Like it's this is the thing that I'm mm-hmm. super invested in the most now, and I'm sure we're probably not going to see anything next week about it. It'll, it'll the impression I get is that we're going more to to the um, you know the the focus of the story on crosshair catching the bad batch, but uh, I guess we'll see. Yeah. We have four episodes to go, right? yeah well and
1: and jumping ahead a bit here because I know we talk about this at the end of the episode but I think the next just based on the titles that we got released a while ago I think the next episode is called like infested or infestation or something yeah, like that yeah. and then and then the next episode after that is war mantle which I believe they mentioned earlier as hmm, like that's yeah. their, their stormtrooper project so I think if not next week I think in two weeks we're going to probably get a lot more of this kind of stuff
0: yep uh, cool well, well let's uh, wind this down then uh, and we will get to that stuff. Uh, suddenly, a shuttle escapes from high up in the Capitol Tower. Crosshair opens fire to no avail. At the rendezvous, <laughs> Hera's mom offers to pay uh, payment to Hunter, who declines. Keep it. You'll need it. These occupations are happening on other planets besides Ryloth. Hera and Omega say their goodbyes. Thanks for believing me, Hera tells her friend. I love their friendship. I know we didn't get a lot of it, but like the little moments we did get. I love I love Omega supporting Hera being a pilot earlier in the episode. Uh, mm. I don't know what it is. I just I would have never thought to put these two together and I love them together. They're great.
1: Yeah, no, they they formed a really sweet friendship just in the couple episodes we saw them in. Um, and yeah, it was really nice to see. I mean, and like you said, like this is not something I expected to see at all going into this. Um, even knowing that we were going to have an episode on Ryloth, I figured, oh, Cham's probably going to show up and like, maybe we'll get a little cameo from a young Hera in the background somewhere. But I was not expecting her to be like a major character in these two Mm -hmm. episodes. Um, so it was really cool seeing her again and just kind of, uh, getting, you know, an early look at that character. Um, seeing, you know, her, her very early days of learning to fly and stuff was really cool. And then, uh, seeing her have this, um, uh, friendship with Omega was nice. Yeah,
0: for sure. So do you, uh, um, do you want to wrap us up?
1: Yeah, we'll be the last part here. Uh, back at the refinery, Rampart surveys the wreckage before Crosshair joins him. It would seem I underestimated your four friends, he says, granting the sharpshooter permission to hunt down the Bad Batch. And uh, again, just one of these really interesting Crosshair moments here because he was the one that asked, he asks permission Uh, to go hunt them down and, uh, you know, Rampart's like permission granted. And then, you know, again, we end on this, like sort of zooming in close up on Crosshair's face where he just looks very conflicted. And, you know, after hearing Hauser's speech, you can't help but wonder, like, is he, he's maybe like more determined to prove himself to the Empire and prove that he's one of the loyal ones, but also maybe some of Hauser's speech is getting in his head and maybe the further he sort of goes down this dark path, he's maybe realizing maybe I did take the wrong choice. Maybe this isn't what we signed up for. Um, I would just love to know what's going on in Crosshair's mind right now. Because again, he, on the one hand, seems so like driven and so devoted to taking down the Bad Batch and serving the Empire and bringing in these traitors and being the good soldier who follows orders. And yet he also seems so conflicted about it. And, and I'm not even sure what the conflict is. Is it just him not wanting to turn on his brothers? Is it him missing that camaraderie? Um, is it him, you know, again, realizing that he's being used as a tool of the empire and, and realizing that, you know, his, his time maybe is limited. Um, I don't know. I, I would kill to just, you know, like I want to sit down and talk to crosshair and be like, dude, what are you thinking right now? Like, what are you going to do? Um, but I can't wait to just keep watching and find out.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, do you think it's a little strange that after his last run in with the Bad Batch, that he wasn't already kind of leading a task force to go get them? I'm surprised that they, the Empire was just kind of like, all right, well, you know, whatever. Like, that that was it. Like, maybe was there no trace of them to follow? I just I think it's odd that Crosshair is doing this other stuff that has nothing to do with chasing them down after last time, you know, they they had that big task force of troopers trying to to bring them in or or kill them. And like, um, after that, I was just like, all right, well, we'll deal with it later.
1: Not necessarily because, oh, gosh, I now I feel like I need to go back and watch the episodes again just to kind of. Nail down like where everybody's motivations are at
0: mm-hmm.
1: because, um, well, I guess, oh, uh, yeah, I don't know because it was, I guess, it was, it's Rampart who just wants the Bad Batch wiped out, right? It was mm-hmm. Lama Sue who wanted Omega. Cad Bane to bring yes. in Omega, he's yes. the one that hired the bounty hunters, um, and then it was uh Nala Se who hired Fennec Shan to keep Omega safe and keep her away from um, Lama Sue. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe they're just not that much of a priority or maybe they, you know, the bad batch got away and they just didn't have any leads on where they went or after the losses they took and crosshairs injuries, they needed to kind of just regroup and, and, mm-hmm. uh, refocus first. And then whatever was going on on Ryloth kind of got their attention. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Um, Obviously, not every episode can be, you know, Hunter hunting down the Bad Batch because otherwise it's going to kind of get old of them getting away from him every time. No, but yeah,
0: for sure. For sure. It's going to be uh, Jesse and James <laughs> yeah, exactly. every episode trying to capture Pikachu.
1: Yeah, and every episode, the Bad Batch is blasting <laughs> off again.
0: That's right. Ding! <laughs> 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 well, uh, all right. Well, on that note, unless you have anything else, uh, what do you say we hop into the mailbag for this week?
1: Yeah, sounds good to me.
0: All right, let's do it. this is Fulcrum. Come in. we've received a transmission from someone using our subspace Frequency, Fulcrum.
1: Incoming transmission from the Rebel Cells Fulcrum Mailbag.
0: <laughs> All right, so the question that was posed this week for the mailbag was so many amazing moments to choose from, but what was your favorite part of Rescue on the Ryloth on Facebook. Rene Garcia uh, left us a comment. Hauser's speech was definitely the highlight of the episode. I hope this isn't the last that we see of him. I agree. Uh, everybody, I think the entire internet <laughs> seems to agree. Um, everybody loves Hauser. Hauser's speech was was really uh, man. That really was a turning point. That uh, that was a crazy crazy moment.
1: Mm-hmm. Over
0: over on Twitter, the power goats says, I thought Hauser was toast. Yeah, so did we. We did today. Hey. Um, on Instagram, Millennium Pod said, Hauser's speech was so powerful, with the little applause emoji. Uh, and Alexandrina underscore ATK uh, left us a comment. I liked the little conversation between Hera and Omega after Hunter called off the rescue. But was anyone else confused when those troopers refused their orders? Do they still have their chips in? Alexandrina, we are so with you, uh, if it wasn't obvious already by the uh, by the discussion. Uh, So, Kyle, what was your favorite part of Rescue on Ryloth?
1: Oh, it was definitely Hauser's speech. (laughs) All right. Yeah, Um, I mean, it was kind of reminiscent of uh, now that I'm thinking about it. It reminded me of Fives' speech on Umbara. When Krell orders the clones to execute him and Jesse and, you know, he kind of steps up and gives the speech right before they get executed and says, you know, hey, we're, we're not just a bunch of unthinking droids. We're men and we have to be trusted to make the right decisions when the orders were given are wrong. And then the clones all fire and miss and and he and Jesse are still alive. Um so I kind of had some of those shades of it to me. So that was uh, that was a great moment. And like you said, not just a great moment within the episode and for Hauser's character, but it's probably going to be a turning point for the relationship between the Empire and the clones moving forward. And I'm really excited to see what the fallout is from this in future episodes.
0: Yeah, for sure. And it's funny you mentioned Fives. The speech actually reminded me of him talking to Rex and Anakin in the Ray Shield while the Coruscant guard clone troopers were moving in on him just before he got killed. It reminded me of the same thing where, you know, even though he was a little bit more rambly and a little more kind of scrambled. Um, I don't know why I just got that impression that I was positive. Hauser was going to get shot and because he was telling the truth and the same thing was happening to fives. Fives was telling the truth and then he was killed before, like just before Rex could really make sense of it all. Um, but yeah, I, I, am in agreement with everybody. The speech was so good. That moment was so good. He, you know, him throwing down the blaster and then seeing other clones. I was surprised with how many clones were with him on that. Um, yeah, I was not, I was expecting once the first one did it, I was like, no way. And then they kept going. I was like, N- are you serious that there's this many free thinking clones right now? Um, Yeah.
1: Well, then on the flip side, though, once we saw so many of them do that, I thought they were all going to do that and then Mm. like turn on crosshair or something.
0: Mm. But
1: then when you realize like, oh, no, it's just about half of them. And then he's like, okay, well, arrest them. And the other ones just, you know, turn and round them up. It was like, oh, well, I guess they didn't really accomplish anything, but good to see them standing their ground. And again, I think, you know, the the big repercussions of that and like the
0: payoff to that is going to come later, which is even more confusing if you think about it. Right. Like why are only half of them? It's crazy that it was that many, but, like, if it's that well, many, like, what is, what exactly, like, what is going on right now? This is crazy. Well,
1: you know, sort of just, it's sort of a a continuation of, like, what we saw with the Bad Batch in the first episode, where Crosshair was the only one who went along with, not even with Order 66, like, you know, because the, the, the Bad Batch, they didn't even know what was going on with Order 66, and their chips weren't as like functional as everybody else's now, obviously crosshair was the one with like the most functional chip, but you know, we've had this debate the entire season of like, if you took out Crosshair's chip, would he still go along with the empire? Like, is this just the chip controlling him or is this just his personality? And because the clones have different personalities and, you know, even though they're all the same person, they've been through different experiences and maybe have slightly different views on the empire and the Republic and the Jedi and stuff. Um, And so the fact that, like, in the first episode, even before they take Crosshair and, like, amplify his chip and turn him into, like, super drone, um, you know, just at the beginning when, like, he and Hunter are kind of arguing over what to do with the Jedi and stuff like that, um, I think you're seeing this, that same kind of, um, or those same kind of differences here where, um, you know, again, even though these clones are all the same, they may not all think exactly the same or, you know, be affected by things the exact same way. So, yeah. yeah, just all of them hearing Hauser's speech. Some of them, they're probably like, eh, he's got a point, but I'm going to stick with the Empire. And some of them are like, eh, uh, yeah, I, I think he's talking some sense. So they were probably all, like, on the line. And, you know, just some some chose to step over it and some didn't.
0: There's that weird psychology of, like, when a movement is starting, that the most important person is the second person to join it. Because when it's just mm. one person by themselves, everybody thinks they're just crazy. But as soon as you see that one guy go, oh, yeah, that makes sense. It's easier, like, psychologically to to start following it. So yeah. shout out to the MVP, uh, Riot Shield Clone Trooper, who was the first person to be like, yeah, OK, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. For, uh, backing up Hauser. because otherwise maybe he would have gotten shot. Who knows?
1: Yeah. No. And like you said, that that's a good point, because. Up to this point, like Hauser was the only one that we had seen show any kind of reservations or or show this much, you know, sort of personality and resistance to that programming. And it was like, is this just a one-off thing? Is he just not being affected as much as everybody else? But then once you see those other clones step up and join him, you're like, oh, this is going somewhere. Yeah, this, this is, is not there. just a Hauser thing. This is going to have bigger implications for all the clones.
0: So I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Well, geez, I guess that... uh that does it for rescue on Ryloth. Uh up next, Kyle, as you mentioned earlier, the next episode is called Infested, and it will be oh man, episode thirteen out of sixteen. We're really getting down to the wire here, my friend. I don't know.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't know. What do you what do
1: you think is gonna be the thing doing the infesting? Is it those like spider things from uh Oh uh, gosh, the the chopper base planet and rebels, or like the ice spiders oh, I from the Mandalorian. Like, uh,
0: hate spiders. I'm so done with spiders in Star Wars. I'm good. <laughs> I don't want to see anymore. You know what? I wouldn't mind a return to form. Some old clone trooper, uh, uh, Clone Wars, rather. Let's go back to Geonosis. Let's get the brain worms back in here. Oh, like zombie clone troopers. That'd okay, okay. Let's get some of those guys back. What do you think? What do you What are you hoping for out of Infested?
1: Oh, gosh, I have no idea. I'm not <laughs> as adverse to spiders as you. So like, but I'm just wondering if it's going to be some kind of like bug alien that we've seen before or some completely new thing. Um Gosh, it's funny, because I've been replaying the Mass Effect games. And so all I can picture right now is the Rachni, um, oh, which are also man. like, kind of spider looking creatures. Mm. But um yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Some I, now we're all assuming just based on the name that they're that the Bad Batch are going to be fighting bugs, but who knows? Maybe it'll be like the ship gets infested with a computer virus or something. I don't know.
0: Mm. <laughs>
1: it's COVID. <laughs> <laughs> Galaxy-wide pandemic.
0: Absolutely. Well, we uh, only have a few days to find out for sure uh that is going to do it for us this week uh hope you guys will jump in on the mailbag again for next week uh until then we will see you next time am i missing anything did i forget to do anything uh, Kyle, or nope we're,
1: All right, we're awesome. cleared for
0: blast off ah uh, we are blasting off again okay see you guys next week bye everybody looks like bad batch is blasting off again
1: Follow Rebel Cells on Twitter and Instagram at Rebel Cells and on Facebook at Rebel Cells Podcast. You can support the podcast in three ways. First, by going to the podcast service of your choice, leaving a rating and review to help others find the show. Second, by heading to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merch. And last but not least, by heading to patreon.com thunderquack and kicking in with your monthly pledge of support to get cool rewards like exclusive podcasts and more.